Open our Bibles to 1 Corinthians, the fifth chapter. Of course, we're on the theme of revival. And, uh, you know, God's uh, message of revival is judgment and the goodness of God. And also then the results of revival are repentance and joy. And the last couple of services, we've been centering in on the judgment of God. Of course, it's not a lot of people like to talk about that, but, you know, the Bible talks about the goodness and the severity of the Lord. And so if you've attended here any length of time, you know that we center in on God's goodness. But there is a, a judgmental side to Him. And over the last couple of services, we've been noting how God, how God judges, His method of operation in judgment. Uh, does God just come in and just bring judgment without warning? No. no. Does He always give fair warning? Yes. yes. And does He give time to repent? Yes. yes. He gives time to repent. And uh, now if... if uh, and we're looking at God judging His people here. If his people, now he judges the sinner all right, and he, he, he judges them in a different manner than his people, and we've talked about that. But as it pertains to God judging his people, when a Christian misses it, they sin, what do we tell you on Sunday? What happens? Your, their heart does what? Heart condemns them, or there's a, 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 a conviction of the heart, just on, an inward, oh, I, you know, I... I and I've missed it. I shouldn't have done that. And I need to. I need to repent. You know. And did, didn't we read on Sunday that if we last Sunday that if we would judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Is is that right? Now, of course, we will be judged at the at the judgment seat of Christ. That's for sure. For the things we've done in our body here on the earth as Christians, whether good or bad. But we're talking about judgment in this time. God judging us in this time in which we live here upon the earth. If we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. Is that right? And then remember we read on Sunday, but when we are judged, we're chastened of the Lord so that we'd not be condemned with the world. Remember that? And, and remember that chastening? We talked about how he'll, he'll chasten us. He'll use His Word, you know, the Bible. And then, and then the Holy Spirit, and really the conviction of our heart has to do with the Word of God and the Holy Spirit all kind of working together, you know. When you miss it, you know, that your heart condemns you or convicts you, and it's because you've read the Word of God and you know that what you did was wrong, and the Spirit of God, he, He's on the inside of the Christian, and so that's kind of all works together, you know. And then, and then you know, if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. But if we don't judge ourselves, then the Lord begins to chasten us and, and and what he'll do is he'll use the preacher. You know, and, and and the preacher preaching and teaching messages, not calling you out and embarrassing you. You understand that. You know what I mean by that? But just just simply standing in the pulpit and and and, and teaching and preaching the word of God. Now last Sunday, see, at the end of the service 
Uh, remember, as we got to the end of the service, the Spirit of God began to, word of knowledge began to go in operation, and we began to call out different things that people needed to judge themselves in. Remember that? Some specific things. How many remembers that? But, but nobody should have been embarrassed by that because nobody would have had any idea who I was talking about. I didn't even know who I was talking about. I just knew there were people here that needed to judge themselves in that particular area, you see. And uh, so then we looked, we looked last Sunday at how God would use the minister to... to uh, well, didn't he send Nathan over to David, King David, who had sinned, and talk to him privately? Is that right? And then remember those, those, those ministers withstood King Uzziah because he was a king and he tried to operate as a priest. Remember that? And, 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 he, and Uzziah got mad, didn't he? Yes. And, and, you know, with the Lord, you know, it's just like you deal with your child. You know, wouldn't it be nice that when your child misses it, if you have a child and they miss it, if they judge themselves? Wouldn't that be wonderful? But if they don't, then you have to step in and intervene, right? Yes. And, then, and, and, you know, that... that that uh, uh, correction that you bring your child, you shouldn't start out with a spanking. Right. Is, that, is that right? right? You should start out with, you know, talking to them, and then you might raise your voice, and then you might have to ground them, and then as a last resort, you'd maybe a trip to the, a loving biblical trip to the woodshed. Is that right? Yeah. You understand? But what is the motive in all of it to get that child to turn and do right? Is that correct? And we've seen that. That's the way God operates. And so if we judge ourselves, we'd not be judged. But when we're judged, we're chastened by the Lord. And He uses His Word, His Holy Spirit. He uses a minister. They use your pastor, you know. And, and, and not me getting over in the flesh and just being crude and rude. That's not what we're talking about. But standing in the pulpit and under the anointing of God, teaching and preaching the Word of God. And it's not really me really correcting you at all. It's the Spirit of God through me with His holy written word bringing correction. Amen. You ought to be able to live with that. Amen. Amen. Right? And, and, but you see, sometimes, even with all that going on, Christians won't repent. You know. And, and, and we looked at Sunday, last Sunday, we, we noted some situations where the Lord was, was more severe. Remember? Ananias and Sapphira, remember? They fell dead right in the church service, didn't they? And I told you, I don't believe they were baby Christians. And I don't believe that that was the first time they'd done that. Or things similar. I believe they'd done things similar to that all along. And I, I believe God dealt with their heart. His judgment, He doesn't start out with people falling dead. Do you understand that? I believe that he had dealt with them and dealt with them. Maybe on some other issues and uh, maybe on some littler things. How many of you know if you won't tithe on one dollar, you won't tithe when the, when, the, when the farm sells? Is that right? Amen. Is that right? <laughs> and there's much we could say and some we said last Sunday about it. And uh, somebody said, well, would God cause somebody to fall, to fall dead in a service like that? Well, you know, not, not, not as much is said about the judgment of God as needs to be said. Amen. And, and so many preachers just preach the goodness of God that when a minister stands up and talks about his judgment, it's, 
anymore. It's almost like, you know, people just don't want to accept that. But it's, it's, it, there is a judgmental side to him. You need to realize that. And, and I tell you what, there's lots of Christians in this land and churches in this land have lost a holy reverential fear of God because his judgment is never ever preached at all. It's just the goodness of God all the time. Well, we ought to, if we're going to, if we're going to preach one or the other too much, we ought to preach the goodness too much. I'll, I'll agree with that. But we need to have the judgment in there as well. Can anybody say amen? Because if you don't ever have that, you're going to lose your healthy fear of the Lord. And holiness will fall off and the power of God will fall off and and much we could say about it. And uh, we talked about Uzzah falling dead right side of the Ark of the Covenant, didn't we? Yes. Remember that? If you, I tell you, if you, if you missed out on any of these services, you ought to go to the Internet and get on and listen to them and catch up. Some rich things have been coming out. I, and not just because I've been preaching, but the Spirit of God has been saying some stuff through, through me that's rich stuff that I think you, if you just get one message here and there, you need to get the whole thing. Can you say Amen. amen. But uh, Uzzah fell dead, you know. He fell dead right side of the ark, didn't he? And remember Uzzah, was, was Uzzah, remember we talked about him. Was he trained in how that ark was supposed to be transported? Yeah. Now when the ark was among the Philistines, they must have touched it. Did they fall dead? No. See, God only holds us accountable for what we know. See, the Philistines didn't. They were just a bunch of sinners. They, they handled the ark. They didn't fall dead. But it came up over among God's people who knew better. The Bible says in the NIV, if you read that story of Uzzah, there's one account of it in the Bible where it says that, that they didn't handle it in the prescribed way that the ark was supposed to be handled. There was a prescribed way to handle the ark. Did you know that? And they were just, they were going to, well, we just throw it up on this new cart here and we'll just carry it in. We'll let let the oxen just carry it in. No, you don't tamper and play with the power of God. You handle it reverently. Do you understand? But anyway, tonight what we want to talk about is another form of God's judgment that, 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 that not much is said about, but we want to say some things about it here tonight. And it's when God judges through removing his hand from, from, from somebody. I don't know about you, but I don't want the Lord to remove his hand from me. Do you? Do you want him to remove his hand from you? And it's, it's also known as delivering over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Let's look right here at 1 Corinthians 5.1. It is actually reported that there's sexual immorality among you. This was in the Corinthian church. And such sexual immorality is not even named among the, the Gentiles. That a man has his father's wife. So there was a man there in that church that was having sexual intercourse with his stepmother, his father's wife. Is that right? Mm-hmm. That's what the Bible, that's clearly what it's saying to us. And as I've studied this out over the years, this, I, I'm convinced this was not just a member of the church. I believe, this is my opinion, I believe this was a person that had some position in the church. Like an assistant pastor, a, a worship leader, a deacon, an elder. I, I'm, I can't prove that, but that, that's just my opinion. I, I, I don't believe that we were dealing necessarily here with a baby Christian. You understand? 
but he was he having sexual contact and intercourse with his stepmother. And notice verse 2. So you've got to remember Paul is writing to this pastor, to this church, bringing correction to him. Actually, he's bringing some chastening here. And you are puffed up and have not rather mourned. The pastor was just letting it go on. Just letting it go on. You're puffed up and have not rather mourned. That he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. Now, you know, that, that, I mean, that's pretty serious, isn't it? That there's people having sexual immorality in the church and they're not doing anything about it. They're rather prideful about it and puffed up. And, 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 and he said, are you puffed up? Have you not rather, you should have been mourning and repenting. And that, that he who has done this deed might be taken away from among you. For I indeed, Paul saying this, as absent in body but present in spirit, have already judged as though I were present him who has so done this deed in the, now watch this, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, when you are gathered together. Now, now I don't believe that just people can just get together and just turn somebody over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. I believe spiritual leadership has to do it, as directed by the Spirit of God to somebody that, that really fits the bill and deserves it, has it coming, needs it. We'll put it that way. Does God judge just judge to get, get somebody? No, his intent is to get that person to repent. I've already seen people over the years where they, you know, somebody did something wrong to another church member and they want to deliver them to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Just because they, they, they said something bad about you. No, this guy here, I believe a prominent person in the church, having sexual intercourse with his stepmother and they're not doing anything about it. He's still showing up to lead worship. He's still showing up to preach. He's still showing up to be in leadership in that church. And they're just, they know about it and they're just letting it go right on. In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4, when you're gathered together along with my spirit and the power of our Lord Jesus Christ, deliver such a one to Satan for what? The destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. It's clear to me that this person's spirit is in danger of going to hell. Hell, I thought he was born again. I thought he was a member of the church. I tell you what, you know, I, I tell you what, as I as I as I have looked at this, you know, it, it it's all I'll say is it's a dangerous thing to 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 slip away from the Lord and, and not stay close to the Lord. I don't think there's been as much said about that as needs to be said. It, it's a dangerous thing to have, to have sin in your life, dear friends. And I believe that this, uh, uh, I believe this person's spirit was in danger. Otherwise, the Bible wouldn't said that his spirit may yet. Actually, the Amplified says that his spirit may yet be saved. Tell you what, more preaching like this would would do away with a lot of looseness. And loose living among Christians. And they do away with a lot of sleeping around where Christians sleeping around on their spouse. Huh? And, and single people sleeping around before they get married and, and preachers sleeping around. Huh? They'd do away with a lot of it, wouldn't it? 
There's some teaching along this line. Deliver such a one to Satan for the destruction of the flesh that his spirit may be saved. Amplified says, may yet be saved in the day of the Lord Jesus. I, I believe this person's spirit was in danger of missing heaven and going to hell. I believe that. Otherwise, why would such drastic measures be taken? And this wasn't, I don't believe, step one. I believe that this guy's heart had convicted him. And I believe that, 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 that the, the God's method of operation, I believe these other things were going on. But, you know, you can get to the point where if you don't listen to your heart long enough, your heart can become what the Bible calls seared. To the point that, that you're not sensitive to your heart anymore. That's a dangerous place to get to. Did you hear me? And I believe that... that, that, that I'm convinced that this man in, in some shape, way, shape, form, or fashion had been given space to repent and, and didn't do it because they're puffed up and prideful. And so Paul writes and says, turn this person over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. I believe another way we could say it is that God's going to his, remove his hand from this person. Now, you don't need to sit out there and be afraid that God's going to do that to you unless you've done something that requires it. I'll tell you right now, if you're sitting out there, who's oh, God going to... You don't even fit the bill. We're talking about people who have sinned and they've got sin in their life and, and they don't even... They're puffed up, right? Didn't the Bible say? But people that are concerned, oh, did I miss it? I, is God going to turn? If you've got that feeling about you, you don't have to worry. You, you're, you, your heart's doing the job of convicting you, and I believe you're going to repent. Amen? Amen? Without having this need to be done. And it's interesting, and uh, I've, I've noticed this over the years, and Brother Hagin talks some about it, and, and, and uh, it's really good the things he said, that when a believer's body is attacked, when you see, when God removes his hand of protection, and, and, and that's judgment right there, when God removes his hand. Wouldn't, it, wouldn't you agree with me? And, and, and then the devil is, is able to, you know, the person, when God removes his hand, then the devil's able to get in there. And, and, and when a believer's body begins to be attacked with sickness, disease, calamity, or whatever it is, they'll tend to get back to God. I heard Brother Hagin say that when a believer's body is attacked, they will typically repent and get back to God. And this man here evidently repented because we observe in 2 Corinthians, we see that in 2 Corinthians, as Paul writes, he repented and... Uh, and actually, as you study it out, the church was going to be a little bit too hard on him and not let him back in. And Paul writes and says, you know, let, let him back in. See, he repented. And when they repent, we need to let him back in. Amen? See, repentance is what God is looking for. Now, I'll say this. I heard Brother Hagin say it, and, it's, and I believe it's true, that, that people that get to such a state... That need to be that where God removes His hand. People that get to such a state where God needs to remove His hand in judgment, uh, you know, these people. And Brother Hagen said this, and I agree with it. These people can can they can always get back to God, get right with God, but they can't. They they don't always receive their healing. 
necessarily. And there's reasons for that, I don't know, but that's, there are, that's my observance. Brother Hagin, I heard him say that, and it's true. But look, look, look at this. Out of the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. Let's go to 1 Timothy 1.19, and let's see this again. See, the man we just read about was committing sexual sin. Now, these people we're about to read about, I have no indication that they were committing sexual sin, but they were doing some other things. Notice here, 1 Timothy 1.19, 1 Timothy 1.19, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith, rejected concerning the faith, having faith and a good conscience, which some having rejected concerning the faith, that's a dangerous place to be, have suffered shipwreck, these are talking about people that, as you, as you studied out, they're saved all right. But I see that word rejected. That, that, that troubles me concerning the faith. Of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander? Whom I, now look at this. Whom I delivered to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So do you see that delivering to Satan again? Do you see that? You see that wording, don't you? He delivered them over to Satan. See, Paul was a senior minister, spiritual authority doing this, not just some Christians getting together in the parking lot and, you know, because they didn't like, you know, what so-and-so wore that day. So, you know, you know what I mean? I'm, you follow what I'm saying? Or they're going to turn the pastor over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh because he stepped on their toes and he read the Bible and stepped on their toes. Pastor said... Uh, you know, said something right out, read right out of the Bible, stepped on their toes. So they go in the parking lot after the service or in the bathroom or somewhere or, or steak and shake or wherever it is. They're going to deliver them over to Satan for destruction. <laughs> no, no, my, my goodness. I have spiritual authority over me that will deal with me if I need to be dealt with. <laughs> Pastor Hagen will get me. Uh, <laughs> my wife will get me. <laughs> Somebody wanted to know one time who's Pastor Hagen accountable to? I'll tell you, Mrs. Hagen. <laughs> I better hush. He might listen to this and, and throw me out of Rama. He's he's a wonderful man. Wonderful man. Now notice this: having faith and a good conscience, with some having what rejected concerning the faith having suffered shipwreck, of whom are Hymenaeus and Alexander, watch this, whom I delivered to Satan, see, you see that again, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Now, that word blaspheme, actually, as I study it, it's not, it, I mean, maybe indirectly it is ultimately blasphemy toward God, but actually that word means to speak evil of, and I believe they were speaking evil of Paul. I think that that's clear. As you read some of the other writings of Paul from the Bible, uh, one place, 2 Timothy, you don't have to turn, you can look it up on your own. He says, Alexander did me a great deal of harm. And then he warned Timothy. He said, you too should be on your guard against him because he strongly opposed our message. I believe these people were speaking ill of the Apostle Paul and his message. 
Didn't we tell you last Sunday it's a dangerous thing to, to come against a man of God who really with a good and a right heart is flowing with the anointing of God to the best of his ability? Yes. Dear friends, it's a dangerous thing to do that. Dangerous. I'm not trying to scare anybody. I'm not talking about a pastor that's over in the flesh and just being rude and crude. I'm talking about a man with a good and right heart and he's doing his best to flow with the, with the power of God and teach the Word of God and people get together and, and, and speak evil of him and talk about him. That's a dangerous place to be. Can you say amen? amen. And, and I've watched ministers, you know, that the congregation weren't, wasn't doing what they thought uh, they should be doing and they'd preach messages to put the congregation in fear and the most famous verse is, Touch not my anointed. Right. And uh, I don't think I've ever said that one time from this pulpit with the implication of, you know, you shouldn't come against me. I, I you know... You need to judge everything I'm saying and doing in line with the Word of God. Is that right? But these guys here were coming against the Apostle Paul. Do you think the Apostle Paul is a good minister? They were coming against him and speaking evil of him. Let me read from my notes. Hymenaeus was a minister. Notice, a minister. Listen, as I've studied it out, these were not 23-year-old Kids who hadn't even read the Old Testament through once. These were seasoned ministers. And, and they knew better. Hymenaeus was a minister who was preaching false doctrine, namely that the resurrection had already occurred. Paul was concerned that Hymenaeus's errant teaching would spread through the body of Christ like a cancer and, and cause the faith of some to be weakened or overthrow the faith of some. How many remember what I said last Sunday about William Branham? Remember, he really, I believe, was a, a true prophet during that healing, that healing revival there in the 40s, 50s, you know. And, and he had a big following and, and really, I believe, a true prophet of God. Uh, but but at, he, he got away from th- that one minister who, who kind of ran things for him and, and uh, Gordon Lindsay, he got away from him. And in the process of time, uh, uh, Branham got into some, he just got into some crazy, bizarre doctrine that was just, you know, there's, there's lots of people followed after him and, and would have eventually overthrew the faith of some. And according to Brother Hagin, and I agree, that, uh, that the, Lord, uh, the, the Lord delivered him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. And in the process of time, he, 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 he died, you know. And it kept the error from spreading, you see. And that evidently was what was going on here. And then Alexander was doing Paul much harm, speaking ill of him and speaking ill of what he was preaching. And it's interesting because if you look at 1 Timothy 1.19 in the New Living Translation, let's look at 1 Timothy 1.19 in the New Living Translation. Cling to your faith in Christ and keep your conscience clear. For some people have deliberately violated their what? This is talking about these guys. They deliberately what? Violated their what? So was their heart convicting them? And they deliberately what? Violated it. 
I believe there's people that have sat down to talk bad about men and women of God. They've sat down to talk bad about other, other Christians and whatnot. And I believe when they're doing it, at first their heart's condemning them. Their heart, their conscience is condemning them. But you keep on, you keep on, you keep on, you keep on. And at last, you, you can sear your conscience to where you can sit there and talk bad, bad about a good man of God, woman of God, a good Christian. You can sit there and just have them for lunch or, or, or dinner or snack after the service. And you can chew them up one side down the other and you're not sensitive to your heart that's telling you not to do that so then God will take other measures to deal with you did you hear me and uh, if you won't listen to the minister then 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 you know there's other measures that God would take and here he turned these over to Satan for the for uh, that they may learn may learn not to blaspheme but did they deliberately violate their consciences they deliver, see, they were deliberately violating their heart. I'm also confident the Lord chastened Hymenaeus and Alexander by his word, his spirit, and through the Apostle Paul. I believe the Apostle Paul dealt with them. They wouldn't listen to him anymore. So when you won't listen to the minister that you've been assigned to, and when you come against the minister that you've been assigned to, and when you come against the pastor that you've been assigned to, remember, you don't choose your pastor. How many of you know you don't get together and have a family meeting and have a family vote on where you're supposed to go to church? Can anybody say amen? My God, have more sense than that daddy goes in the closet mommy goes in the other closet and they seek God and daddy comes out and says I believe God says we need to go to XYZ church and mama says yeah yeah that's where we're supposed to go and that's where you go and junior and juniorette follow along and when they get old enough that they don't want to follow along anymore then it's time that they fly to coop is that right But when you're talking bad about and coming against the minister that God has assigned to you, then how else is he going to chastise you? So now here's what he did in this case. Is that right? Delivers them to Satan that they may learn not to blaspheme. So Paul dealt with them. They weren't going to listen to him. So when they didn't repent... He delivered them to Satan. I believe God took his hand off for the destruction of the flesh that their spirits may yet be saved. They were headed down the wrong road. I see that word rejected. I see that word blasphemy. Rejected concerning the faith. I believe their spirits are in danger. That, you know what I'm talking about? So that's, that's extreme measure. But Paul did it. Now that man in 1 Corinthians, he evidently repented. We're not told that these people ever repented. We're typically told if people repent. I wonder what happened to these guys. I don't know. Now let's look at, let's in the time I have left, are you getting anything out of this tonight? How many is finding it a little bit interesting? A little bit interesting, isn't it? Uh, notice, let's turn over to 1 Samuel, the 15th chapter. Let's talk uh, about a few other situations here. We'll, we'll look in the Old Testament. We were in the New Testament. Now let's go to the Old and look at a couple of these. Uh, king Saul, you know, he became king. Did you know it wasn't God's perfect will for Israel to have a king? Is that right? Well, they wanted one, so he gave them one and... And they got out of the perfect will of God and they had problems as a result. How many of you want to stay in the perfect will of God? Well, I sure do. They stepped out of it. You know, uh, uh, actually what, what uh, he did 
is he didn't completely obey God. He was supposed to go and destroy the enemy. And he didn't. He destroyed almost all of them, but not all of them. Remember that? And much we could say about it. And, uh, and so notice here in 1 Samuel 15, 17, Samuel said, When you were little in your own eyes, see Samuel was a prophet. When you were little in your own eyes, were you not head of the tribes of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over Israel? Those are some biting words, aren't they? See, God's ch- chastising Saul. Look at uh, verse 22. So Samuel said, Has the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to heed than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft. Was, did Saul become rebellious? Yeah. And stubbornness as the iniquity of idolatry? Because you have rejected the word of the Lord. Dangerous place to be. Had God been dealing with him with his word? Yeah. And he's rejecting that. And now, now he's, got, he's got the man of God in there being quite bold with him. Pride has set in, you know. And I don't see Saul repenting. So we see 1 Samuel 16, 14. Look at this. 1 Samuel 16, 14 Again, we have a severe case here. We don't have a, a, what we consider a baby Christian here. This man, he's king of Israel, okay? So he'd been around a while, you see. And he's not listening to the chastening of the Lord. He's not listening to the word of God. He's not listening to the rebuke of the minister. So what happens? First Samuel 16, 14, But the Spirit of the Lord did what? Departed from Saul. Is that God taking his hand off? Could we say delivering him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh? And notice, then it says an evil spirit from the Lord. But you study that out. It was an evil spirit, all right, but it wasn't sent by God. I'll say this. God doesn't use the devil as a whipping boy of the church. It's just when God takes his hand off, there's no protection. And then that that evil spirit came and tormented him. Is that right? And as far as I can tell, Saul never did repent. We're typically told if they do. Now, he got some some rest when David came and played, but just temporary. And his end wasn't good, was it? Look at Judges 3.7. Look at Judges 3.7. Go there quickly. Judges 3.7. I'm just showing you some other scriptures along these lines. So the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. Do you have that, Judges 3, 7? Children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. They, for, they forgot the Lord their God and served the Baals and the Ashtaroths. Oh my, that's, is that, were they the children of the Lord? They were the children of Israel, yeah, they're God's people. Did they forget the Lord? Oh boy, that's dangerous. Are they serving other gods oh my therefore the anger of the Lord was hot against Israel and he he sold them into the hand of Kushan Rishastium king of Mesopotamia I put it this way he delivered them over didn't he 
he removed his hand, didn't he? And they served, they served that, that uh, Kushan for eight years. Verse 9, now watch this now. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, took them eight years, took Jonah three days. I believe, I, I, I believe I'd be doing it on mouth entry of that fish. Is that right? Eight years. When the children of Israel cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer for the children of Israel who delivered them. See, upon repentance, see, we're told they repented, didn't they? It took them eight years. But then when they repented, when they cried out to the Lord, the Lord raised up a deliverer and got them out. Is that wonderful? Is it wonderful we can repent and get back? Look at Judges 13.1. Look at Judges 13.1. Judges 13.1 Again, the children of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord. And the Lord, what did He do? He delivered them into the hand of the Philistines for 40 years. Now this delivering, see, delivered him. Delivered him over to Satan for the destruction. Delivered him. See, he removed his hand. Well, I don't want to get there, do you? And there's no need that we should ever have to. If we just keep our hearts soft and stay sensitive. Huh? Stay humble. Stay humble. You know pride's an ugly thing, isn't it? Stay humble. Stay humble. You know the way up in the kingdom of God is down. You know how you know when you've arrived at the top is when you've become nothing. Do you hear me? I said, how do you know you've arrived at the top when you've become nothing for Christ? When nobody knows your name and they walk away from you, they don't, can't remember your name. All they remember is He shined with the glory of Jesus. I'll tell you when you reach the top, when you've, when you, when you've become nothing for Christ. You understand? Did you get what I just said? How many got what I just said? I, there was a day I wanted everybody to know my name. I've gotten to the point, I, I don't want anybody to know my name. I just want people, when they look at me, they see Christ and Him crucified. That's all. A man who's been touched by the power of God. That's all I wanted to see. Some things you've got to grow out of, don't you? You know, it's interesting if you've ever studied Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk. Uh, God showed Habakkuk that he was going to judge his people at the hands of the uh, evil Babylonians. Habakkuk cries out and questions God about why he is using the evil Babylonians as an instrument of, of, his, uh, 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 of his in judgment. And the Babylonians were more wicked than Judah. But you see, God assures Habakkuk, if you study the book of Habakkuk, God assures Habakkuk that the Babylonians will not ultimately go unpunished and that God's people will ultimately prosper if we'll do what's right, we must simply trust God. I don't know why God removes His hand for sure. I don't know. I gave you some reasons, but ultimately I don't know all the answers to all the questions. I just know it's a dangerous place. I know that people, I know that God's people, I don't believe baby Christians, but I believe as we grow, I believe we can get to the point that as we're messing up, we shouldn't mess up, but when we do, that our heart's convicting us. If we listen to our heart, don't listen to our heart, we don't listen to the Word of God, we don't listen to the wooing of the Holy Ghost, then He has a man of God stand up lovingly, preach maybe more boldly at times. If we won't listen to that, then what else can God do? 
except maybe remove his hand. And when there's no protection and the devil comes in and, and calamity hits, then we'll have sense enough to, at that point to repent and get back to God. We can always get back to God. Amen? We'll close by saying something about Samson. How many of you remember Samson? And I could teach you an hours-long message on Samson, but I'll just give you the highlights. You know, he made light of his calling, didn't he? We should never make light of what God's called us to do. One of the greatest callings in the church is to be a door greeter. Amen. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than mighty in the tents of the wicked. Is that right? You, 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 know, you know another great, great place to work is the children's church, the nursery, youth, amen, with the youngsters. Yeah, but nobody will know my name. Wonderful, you've arrived. You just made it to the top when nobody knows who you are. Is that right? Come on. I said you've made it to the top when nobody knows who you are. Do you hear me? You've made it to the top when nobody knows who you are. You've, you've arrived when nobody knows who you are. They look at you and they see Christ and Him crucified. See, when you get there, then God can really start to use you. And if pride come up, then He'll take you. He won't use you, you see. We've got to be humble, right? Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God that He may what? Exalt you in due season. Right? And that exaltation is not becoming like Elvis. Say amen. How many of you know Elvis died at 42? That's not success. And I love Elvis, but how many of you know that's not success? Is that right? Samson made light of his calling... He had a, I'm convinced he had an alcohol problem. We know he had sexual sin. He went into the harlots on a regular basis, didn't he? Didn't he, Samson? How many remembers who Samson is? He had that long hair, you know? That long hair, see that long hair, he didn't, that long hair didn't give him the strength. That long hair needed to be there for the hand of the Lord to come on him to give him the strength, Right? But he had, uh, uh, he made light of his calling. What do I mean by that? When he, you know, he killed the, uh, those Philistines with the jawbone of a donkey and he was a Nazarite, he was not supposed to touch a corpse. Is that right? He made light, he, he riddled about touching the bees. Remember, he killed that lion. Remember that? And, the, and they made a, their bees made a honey hive or whatever and, 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 he, and he, made, he was riddling about the honey. Remember that? He had a problem with alcohol. He was around the vineyards. He wasn't supposed to be drinking the strong drink. And he was going around the, where the vineyards were. Is that right? And then he had problems sexual area. Is that right? And, and it's not a baby, baby in, you know, like we'd call a baby Christian. This was a judge of Israel for crying out loud. Huh? See, I always, one reason I hesitate teaching these messages is because baby Christians get scared or people that, that are trying to do right and they, they messed up here, here or there and they think God's going to remove his hand. No, I'm talking about people like Samson or Saul or, you know, Hymenius and Alexander, people that are seasoned in these things. 
But we all ought to take note and be sober about these things. Is that right? And, 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 he, and, and the Lord, I'm convinced he, he chastened them. I'm convinced of it. And, and, and he kept sinning and doing wrong. How many of you know the Lord doesn't leave you when you do wrong? Do you know that? In the second time and the third time and the fourth time and the fifth time and the sixth time and the seventh, the Lord's merciful, isn't he? But doesn't he, he gives us what? Time to repent. And does that mean that that time could run out at some point? It, yeah, it could. And it did on Samson. But he, he, he messed up again and again and again and again and again. You see the power of God coming on him. But notice here, and we'll close right here in Judges 16 and 20. Judges 16 and 20. And, you know, remember how Delilah, remember how she, you know, and, and, and now, now remember Samson, he lied too, didn't he? Was he lying to Delilah? We shouldn't lie, should we? He was lying and she wanted to know the secret of his strength. And he said, well, if you weave my hair and, and you know, if you do, if you bind me with ropes that have never been bound, you know, all that stuff. And, and, and then she had the Philistines waiting, you know. And, and, and now I'm telling you, when she weaved his hair, I'm convinced he was passed out drunk. How else are you going to weave somebody's man's hair? He's not just asleep. I've never met a man yet that sleeps that tight. That you could weave his hair while he's asleep. He, she waited, she got him drunk, and she found the secrets of his heart, got him drunk, and he was lying to her, and he got him drunk, and, and then did these things, and the, and the Philistines had come in, and, and the power of God had come on him. Aren't you glad God doesn't leave us when we miss it the first, second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve times? Is that right? Element of P, is that right? Just don't get down to Z, right? Just. And look, and Judges 16, 20, and she said, The Philistines are upon you, Samson. So he awoke. This was about the third time this happened. He awoke from his, I believe, drunken sleep and said, I will go out as before at other times and shake myself free. I believe he had the mentality that I can just keep on sinning and sinning and sinning and it is never going to catch up to me. That's a dangerous place to be. The Bible says your sin will find you out. It may not today, tomorrow, next next week, next month, next year, but I'm telling you, dear friends, the wages of sin is death and eventually it will catch up to you. Right? And I'll go out as before at other times and shake myself free. But he did not know... Oh, this is one of the saddest verses in the Bible. He did not know that what had happened. The Lord had what? Oh, my God. Isn't that sad? Had departed from him. Did God remove his hand? And then the Philistines took him and put out, of, put out his eyes. Is that destruction of the flesh? And brought him down to gaze and bound him with bronze fetters and he became a grinder and he's grinding in, at the devil's mill. Isn't, isn't that sad? A man of God, a powerful man of God grinding at the devil's mill. Turned him, so I believe God turned him over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. The spirit may be saved. And look at verse 22. We had a sad verse. Now we got a good verse. Verse 22, or, you know, a happier verse. However, the hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Isn't that wonderful? Because remember, his head had been shaven. 
And, and w- without that long hair, the power of God wouldn't come on him. But now he's grinding. His, he- his eyes are been plucked out. He's grinding at the devil's mill. But his hair is growing. 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 And his hair began to grow again. The hair of his head began to grow again after it had been shaven. Somebody say amen. amen. Well, that, that's good. That's good. That's good. And remember... They took him out there. The Philistines were having a party. Remember that? And they were going to make sport of Samson. And they, they, they tied him to the, the, the post there, you know. How many remembers that? And, and he said, Lord, let the, strength, let the strength come back to me one more time. How many of you know the strength of God came back? How many of you know the power of God came? How many of you know the hand of God came back on him? Can you glory to God? What was God looking for? He was looking for this man to repent. And the man repented even in this state. He, the Bible says in the book of Joel, even at this late hour, if we'll repent, the Lord will take us back. Glory to God. And it was a late hour for Samson, late hour for him. And he repented and the power of God, the hand of God came back on. He got back to God. Glory to God. But then he pulled and boom and it came down and he's dead. Young. And didn't have to be that way. And he died young, didn't he? Oh, but it sure do beat going to hell. And, in, and he made the Hall of Fame of Faith, didn't he? So, so, so he got delivered over to Satan for the destruction of the flesh. Is that right? And when the devil hit his flesh, he repented and he cried out to God. And the power of God came back on him and he made it, didn't he? But he died with his eyes plucked out. We have no record. He got his sight back. And he dies young, I believe. But his spirit was saved. And that sure beats going to hell. Did you get anything out of this tonight? Praise God. I could sense the anointing in here. Glory to God. Ushers, come if you would.